When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. Pam is the name. Farm speak is the game. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, it felt a little bit like we were living in a Petri dish yesterday with the temperatures, the humidity, and even some of the moisture. Boy, northern Illinois, they had some pretty heavy boomers that moved through. How you doing, everybody? I'm Farm Director Pam Youngke along with you on a Tuesday morning. That is your Q rainfall reporters. If you haven't already, know, let me know what your rainfall looked like yesterday. Please go ahead and send that information to me this morning. Our talk text farm line is... Is 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276. Stumacher Ag Meteorologist will join us with more weather details in about 15 minutes. For today, it looks like sunshine's back in our forecast. Should cool down and take off that humidity a little bit. 78 are expected high. Tomorrow, sunshine and 80 degrees. That's good news for the Arlington uh, Ag and Soils Field Day. And then Thursday, sunshine and 82 degrees before we see a little bit of cloud activity moved back in on Friday. Like I said, Stu's got the details. Speaking of details, John Heinberg, market advisor with Total Farm Marketing, has got our uh, insights into the market details. And we're talking about how teachers are reinventing what they're doing in the classroom for the beginning of the new school year. This time we're headed to lacrosse, where that uh, agricultural education experience really partners with community. Charity Seebecker will tell us more. Stick around. Your soil is your farm's greatest asset. Every season is an opportunity for both short-term profit and long-term improvement. The Midwestern BioAg way optimizes yields, soil fertility, and sustainability, nurturing your greatest asset. Midwestern BioAg offers biological fertilizers to optimize yields during the growing season, all the while building healthy soil for the future. To learn what a Midwestern BioAg program can do for you, visit MidwesternBioAg.com. Midwestern BioAg, better farming through better soil. My name is Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. Every time we have a solar system going up in the neighborhood, people are walking by, they're getting their kids out to come look at it. They want to see what, what it is and talk about it and, and understand it. And, and the, the best way to find out if it works is talk to someone who has solar. You probably know someone who's gone solar and, and knows a little bit more. If you have a neighbor that has solar, talk to them. See what they're saying. Go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com and start saving. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy. Well, the word is that agriculture equipment dealers are busy preparing for a harvest that looks to be high yielding. I'm Stephanie Hoff from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. Jeff Sloan is the president of Sloan Implement. He explains for us what part and equipment availability looks like going into the harvest and the new year. But first, he walks us through what a to-do list looks like for your local implement dealer. You know, we're just trying to get, you know, all of our harvest equipment, our combines and heads just through the shop and ready to go. We've got, you know, new machines coming in from the factory that need set up. We've got customer machines that are here for the their preseason inspection. And then, you know, we've got some used sales that also need to go out. So it's, it's always the busiest month for our service departments, just the lead up to harvest. Um, looks like there's a big crop out there. And just with the timely rains that we've had, maybe we're going to get a little bit of a, a buffer just with a, a later start than normal. And we're going to need every minute we can to get all this stuff out the door. Uh, how are repair technicians prepping for harvest? 
You know, I think they're doing well. We, we try to be, you know, cognizant of our uh, technicians' time in the summer months where, you know, they go so hard in the spring to have a little bit of a break and get, re, you know, recovered in the summer months before the long fall harvest hits. So it, it's, it's a balancing act. We have a ton of work there, but we also know that personal time or some relaxation time is important because, once, you know, beginning of September, mid-September hits and harvest is full bore, unless there's extended rain, we really don't have much of a slow time until all the crop is out. So it's it's kind of the calm before the storm. I mean, they're aware of, of the workload and the jobs that are on their, their whiteboard that they need to get out the door. And, you know, it's about the time where Saturdays are becoming more and more mandatory to have them, you know, in the facility so we can get through all this all this work that we have. And when it comes to your workforce, Jeff, you know, how is finding mechanics, finding those technicians, getting people in the store and ready to go? Are you experiencing some of those same workforce challenges that other agribusinesses are facing? You know, I think since the start of the pandemic, it's got it's gotten easier. You know, we, we're We've always had job openings in our service department. We're always looking for, you know, people with a good work ethic that want to, you know, can be a good mechanic for us. And we we've implemented like a uh, an apprenticeship program, probably in our like seventh or eighth year by now, where we just, you know, we we have an open invite if you want to come work for us and you want to show up on time with a good good attitude and good work ethic. We'll we'll train you on the job. You don't need any experience to become a mechanic, and we've had excellent luck. We've probably uh, placed about 50 full-time technicians through that program. Um, So, you know, I think we could always use more bodies. We could always use more experienced technicians. But I think in the past two years, we're, we're, you know, having about as as good of luck as possible of finding candidates to work for us. So it's – you know, it's it's a silver lining on a gray cloud for sure. I, I want to shift the conversation now to the supply chain. You know, Jeff, my folks, we only used antique equipment <laughs> on the farm. So anytime that it felt like there was always an issue, every time we were out bailing hay, I feel like every day we had to go to the implement and part store to get linchpins and knotters. That's what I'm thinking about now when farmers are about to get in the field for harvest, when they need to go get parts. Are the parts going to be available? I think so. I think we're in a better position than we have been in the last three years as far as parts availability. We've made a concerted effort just to stock up, you know, have more parts on hand than we ever had in our history. Uh, We've got about $17 million more parts on the shelves right now than we did a year ago. Uh, We share all of our parts inventory between all of our 22 John Deere locations, and we also have Sloan Express with some aftermarket parts. So maybe if the original manufacturer part isn't there, we could find a substitute through Sloan Express. So I feel like you're, you know, with with the full line of John Deere equipment going back, you know, 60, 70 years of machinery that are still in production today, are you going to have every part for all those machines on the shelf? No, that's an impossibility. But we do feel like we, we've made a, a good effort of, of stocking up on, on those fast-moving parts so we aren't caught, you know, out, out in the cold with uh, – with a shortage or anything. And I know Deer, as a, as a company, their uh, parts distribution warehouse in, in Milan, Illinois, is in the best shape it's been in, in about two and a half years as well. So I think, you know, compared to a year ago or two years ago, uh, I feel really good about going into the fall. 
whether you like it or not, what happens two time zones away from us here in Wisconsin has a ripple effect. So I don't know what you want to say about if you felt the impacts uh, of the John Deere labor strikes that have uh, that are done now or the Oakland port shutdowns that have been going on in California and how you worked around that. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would say that the port shutdown, we're still feeling that. I think just, you know, as slow as things are to get get to the to the distribution points and the the additional costs involved with with container shipments you know i think everybody will feel that uh the labor you know the the strike at at, with deer and company overall i think you know both sides were happy with the results there um i think for deer they and the union they came to agreement pretty quickly and you know, it, it transpired in probably one of the, in the slower months of, of the, the build cycle uh, and also at a time when there were, you know, constraints of how many new units they could push, you know, build down the line anyway. So overall, you know, if you talk to, to the union members, I think they feel like they got a good deal. And I think John Deere, just in an unprecedented time to take care, you know, come to a negotiation, you know, and settle it, I think, relatively quickly. I think it was a win for both sides. Now we'll talk about some fun stuff here, new equipment, but maybe not so much fun because of some of the wait times that folks have been experiencing when it comes to ordering a new tractor, new combine. How is new equipment stacking up for 2023, Jeff? Um, I think tractors are still going to be in in short supply. Um, We'll probably get to sell the same amount of tractors as we did the year before. So I think you know, but but I think universally tractors there there's a highest demand for that product line in John Deere's catalog just because of the the versatility and the year-round usage of them. Uh, if you look at harvesting equipment uh, for next year, we should be able to sell the same amount that we sold for this year, and same with heads as well. So we feel pretty good about that. Um, you know, we're not going to be constrained. Uh, we're going to be able to you know, go out and, and make a similar number of sales as we did for this year. Uh, we just wrapped up our, our planter early order for 23 and sprayers. And I feel like, you know, any any of our customers that wanted one of those products, we were able to get, get one for them. And we even had some stock units to spare at the end of the order period. So I never would have guessed that. I never would have thought we would have, you know, there would be inventory remaining that we would have stock units and we did so i mean i i thought that was a very nice surprise do you feel good about what you have on hand and if i were to order something that you don't have how long does it take usually for it to to get to the farm i guess it depends on what product you're looking for tractors i think we've got built slots for for spring into june so i mean that's not too far off really i mean normally it's like Maybe it's a six-month lead time, and now we're at eight to ten months. We've we've gone out and, and tried to supply, you know, source as many used tractors as we can just to have some inventory. So we've been proactive there. Um, so I mean, our lot looks pretty full right now. Combines, we probably have, you know, a little less than normal combine inventory on on the used side. Uh, we do still have some some new orders to sell uh, right around fall delivery dates. It's all dependent on what product you're searching for because there are, on certain certain items like planters or sprayers or balers or tillage, a set time of year where you place that order for the following year. And then there's a product like a tractor where it's just a continual order bank throughout the year. Uh, and then with the, you know, the different factories that Deer has, you know, the bigger tractors in Waterloo, they have a build cycle. Uh, the smaller tractors in Augusta, Georgia, they have a, a different build cycle. So... 
I guess, you know, the roundabout answer is it depends. You and I are talking about some of those logistics, uh, what the equipment dealers, the implement dealers have to think about when it comes to getting what you need for the harvest season. But, Jeff, we haven't talked yet about consumer demand. What does demand look like for new equipment? Are your eyes wide at maybe what you're seeing for used equipment? I think business is excellent right now. Um, I, I can't I can't complain about too much, really, to be honest with you. I mean, Commodity prices are hanging in there, and it looks like we should have good yields. Um, I know the input input costs are, are looming, but I think for model year 22, guys are, you know, they should have a good year. Sloan Implement will have a good year. You know, we have some inventory to sell, so that's promising. The demand's excellent. So, yeah, I feel really good about 22, 23. You know, I would feel good about that as well, maybe not with as much certainty, but you know, I just feel with the, with all the global pressures out there on on and, and you know demand for food that U.S. farmers should benefit from that here in the next couple of years. And now you know that just like you're getting your ducks in a row ahead of the harvest, so is your equipment dealer. Jeff Sloan is the president of Sloan Implement with an outlook on how parts, machinery, and labor are stacking up to round out this year and to begin 2023. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Stephanie Hoff. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. While the rest of the world seems to be moving in slow motion, you're ready to gear it up. Sugar River Raceway is now open for the season, and the track is calling your name. A half-mile paved sprint course with 10 challenging turns. This is no slow-as-you-go amusement park ride. These are full-blown 50-mile-an-hour screaming machines. Put your bachelor party, company outing, or your badass desire for speed at SugarRiverRaceway.com. Just 40 minutes south of Madison and Broadhead. Get your race on. Your next job could be as close as seven miles south of Madison. Trocti LLC in Oregon is growing and are now hiring in all areas, including builders, electricians, and electrical engineers, to name a few. You'll work at the same place every day. Schedules are flexible, pay scale is attractive, and receive a $2,500 sign-on bonus. Plus, a huge advantage of being closer to work and saving on gas. Apply in person or online at T-R-A-C-H-T-E-U-S-A.com. You know who tells a great story? Our Tom's Auto Center customers, like Blake, who recently gave us a five-star review. It reads, I appreciated the emailed estimate and text message communication about the repairs. Thanks, Blake. Schedule your appointment, tomsautocenter.com. We'll make sure you get five-star service. Tom's Auto Center. We're the getter, fix, getter, done to get you going, guys. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. Create the floors you love this season with DIY and budget-friendly flooring from Wiseway. With Wiseway Flooring's direction, you'll only need to be moderately handy to accomplish brand new floors. I'm Mike Yenser at Wiseway Flooring, inviting you to visit our showroom in Watertown, Lake Mills, and Economwalk. See how our do-it-yourself products might be the right thing for you. Commercial or residential, the wise have it. Log on to INeedFlooringNow.com. 
From her mouth to the field's ears, this is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, I'll tell you what, it did stay cloudy and overcast for a good chunk of the day yesterday. I'm hoping for better things today. Stu Mucker, Ag Meteorologist, joining us this morning with a quick update on weather. Did you get any more rainfall updates? Most of my rainfall reporters said uh, that the lion's share of the rain came through yesterday morning. Yeah, that was about it. There wasn't a whole lot to report later on, you know. Uh, I did see a couple of small amounts. Now, I lost that page. Isn't that how it works? Yeah. There it is. <laughs> yeah, I had about 300s yet at Racine, um, additional 600s at Reedsburg since early yesterday. So, yeah, we were just about done with it. The good news, you want some good news today? There'll be more sunshine, high pressures building in, and along with that sunshine, we'll have a good drying breeze. I know there was a lot of hay went down in my area late weekend. Of course, it's got some rain on it now. The good news is today we'll have sunshine and a really stiff northwest wind. Some gusts up to 20 and 30 miles per hour. That should help to dry things up pretty quickly. I have no doubt about that. The front that brought rain yesterday off to our east from lower Michigan down to Illinois. The radar indicating, of course, some rain that is further off to our east and south, uh, eastern Indiana into Ohio and further down Kentucky, Tennessee. But that's all pulling away. High pressure is the name of the game for the next several days. That means sunshine, clear skies at night, more sunshine in the day. Winds out of the northwest today and tomorrow. Turn back toward the south by Thursday. That, of course, means those temperatures will be rising a bit more. And I do expect a frontal boundary. It looks like a warm front tries to build in from the Dakotas. So on toward Friday night or into early Saturday. There could be the next chance of rain, maybe some scattered shower or thunderstorm development by that time. I'll have forecast details right after this. Water hemp. It has been a part of conversations across the state of Wisconsin for a while now, and every year the volume of the conversations about water hemp seems to increase. Dr. Rodrigo Worley, University Extension Weed Specialist, has been trying to address the spreading problem of water hemp for a while. We've been doing lots of work over the past four years uh, with this uh, very, very challenging weed, very challenging weed. Every year we learn uh, something new. And it's, it's just one of those that I call it job security for us, Pam, because it, it keeps evolving to everything uh, we're trying to do. And water hemp is one of the amazing ones because if you look at all the innovation that's coming towards the crop detection, you know, as, particularly as it pertains to weed management, everything is targeted at water hemp right now. Water hemp or palmer amaranth in other parts uh, of the country. So it's amazing how challenging uh, the speed weeds are uh, to our growers out there. Absolutely. Rodrigo Worley. All right. Uh, challenging. Uh, that might be the weather. At least yesterday it was. Today sounds better, huh, Stu? A whole lot better. In fact, sunny, breezy, a really nice Tuesday. Uh, maybe a little cooler than normal in the upper 70s, 77, 78 degrees. The northwest winds, though, they'll be around 10 to 20. They even gust around 30. Overnight, it stays clear, back down to a, oh, upper 50s with the west winds at 5 to 10. A sunny day, a little warmer Wednesday, low 80s, 82 or so. Northwest winds at 5 to 10. Sunny Thursday, pushing a little higher, 83, 84. South winds at 5. Even Friday, back up in the mid-80s with some sunshine, but that rain chance toward Friday night, Pam, that's the next one I see. So clear sailing for a couple of days. I hope we all can get something done. What is the first day of fall? I cannot remember. Is it later in September? Uh-huh, that's right. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love throwing that towards you. 
I just can't remember. I thought it was I thought it was uh, later in September, but like I said, judging by some of the trees that have already started to change, it makes me wonder. Well, a lot of that has to do with some stress. You know, it wasn't a totally stressful year, but but a lot of the early color changers are actually stress showing up right now. Well, and especially if they didn't get much moisture or maybe even an insect problem. Yeah, you're right there. Right. All right, dude. We'll catch up with you tomorrow. Thanks, Stu. Absolutely. See ya. Yep. Stu Muck, our ag meteorologist, with a quick look at what's happening as far as weather details. You know, that weather matters. A lot of our Wisconsin farmers are still right on the edge of confidence when it comes to their corn and soybeans. We got the latest crop progress report that's coming up. And we're also catching up with our friend John Heinberg, market advisor with Total Farm Marketing. The uh, Pro Farmer Crop Tour results are in the marketplace. And what's happening with weather? We're talking about it on a Tuesday. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. All business owners want the same thing, to make their business succeed. At Rural Mutual, they help that happen. As the third largest writer of commercial business in Wisconsin, they take the time to learn your business so they can properly protect you. Call your local agent today or visit RuralMutual.com. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Wisconsin Farm Bureau is an exciting organization because it has a plethora of opportunities for young farmers and agriculturists, specifically a Young Farmer and Agriculturist program for members ages 18 to 35, where you can learn about leadership development, advocating for agriculture, and network with your peers. WFBF.com. You'll learn so much. A voice for farmers, a vision for agriculture. Wisconsin Farm Bureau. You wear the same size, you do the same workout, yet her butt is high and tight. And let's face it, she's smoking hot. While you're just another sweaty Betty, what you don't know is while you're putting in extra time grunting it out at the gym, she is relaxing poolside. And why? Because she comes to Carbon World Health for FDA-approved M-Sculpt treatments. Her butt is a work of art because this technology is state-of-the-art. CarbonWorldHealth.com Rhodes Warm and Serve Rolls are exactly what your meal has been missing. Whether you prefer a soft white roll, an artisan French style roll, or the tang of sourdough, Rhodes has a roll for you. We mix, knead, and bake them in Columbus, Wisconsin. Then freeze them to keep them fresh and send them off to your favorite grocery store. All you have to do is heat the rolls up and serve them with a smile. Find Rhodes Rolls in the freezer section today. Wisconsin Farm Bureau makes me a better advocate for agriculture because of the leadership development opportunities that I can participate in, specifically the Leadership Institute where you get to dive into the specifics of advocating for agriculture, policy development, and even more. WFBF.com. They work for you while you're working the farm. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Is your biggest fear of having dermal filler in the face looking overdone? You are not alone. A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Dermal filler treatments at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie restore fullness and fill in wrinkles in areas of the face, such as the cheeks, under eyes, lips, and around the mouth. 
It's very difficult to look overdone with non-surgical dermal fillers due to the amount that's typically injected. Did you know that one syringe of filler equals one-fifth of a teaspoon? One fast food ketchup packet is equivalent to eight syringes. As long as your treatment is performed by a skilled medical professional, you should have the natural looking results you desire. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. When it comes to jewelry appraisals, get to know your Denny's jeweler. There's a number of different reasons a person will do appraisals. We just say bring in everything. It's so fun because it's like when somebody brings that stuff in and they're all excited, then they start thinking about it and where it came from, which is priceless. I'm Pete Denny. Come meet the entire Denny's family at Denny's Jewelers. Nobody knows windows like Wanakee Remodeling. Voted the best window company in Madison 10 years straight, our Renewal by Anderson windows are the most weather tight, highest quality, and most durable on the market. Make sure you eliminate your old window and door problems. Go with the most trusted name in windows, Renewal by Anderson from Wanakee Remodeling. It's Preston from Window World. Summer is here, and with it, the hot air. Don't let other companies add to it. We won't lure you in with buy one, get one, or half off installation. Not Window World, not ever. We offer a no pressure consultation with straightforward, fair pricing. None of that, if you sign today, or let me call my manager nonsense. Window World. Professionally installed at an everyday low price. We got up to Watoma uh, around, what, 3, 4 o'clock on Friday. And a lot of the guys I are with are, are more degenerate gamblers than you, Rowdy. Uh, but they don't put in the research. They just go whatever they, like, are, you know, their gut tells them. So they went, um, they went run line brewers Yikes. over the Cubs on Friday. And so we were very heavily interested and invested in the game. And we were loving it at first because one Friday night, Freddie Peralta, had a no-hitter going. Freddie, oh, yeah, I did. Freddie Peralta had, was no-hitting the Chicago Cubs. Now, it also didn't help because the Brewers weren't really hitting the ball much uh, at first uh, when Freddie Peralta was on the mound. Uh, Rowdy, Freddie Peralta, after six innings, giving up zero hits since the no-hitter and striking out five, only walking one, sitting at 82 pitches. And 82 pitches, 50 of those were strikes. He was pulled from the game. Yeah, it's a joke. And then Matt Bush unfortunately gave up, you know, a couple runs and it all unfolded from there. Craig Council pulled Freddie Peralta who was sitting at 82 pitches from the game as he had a no-hitter going in what are must wins from here on out for the Milwaukee Brewers. Especially against the lowly Cubs. Rowdy again. Freddie Peralta had a no-hitter going, set at 82 pitches, and was told to sit down. Did you see the tweets afterwards or the interview afterwards? Oh, yeah. That, I saw it all. I lived through it. I was watching. What was Freddie saying? That uh, What did Craig and Freddie say? 
Freddie really had Craig's back on this one uh, to the point where I don't think he was trying to throw him under the bus, saying that he just felt his arm felt a little tired. Uh, my favorite thing of all time, he's like, yeah, I felt a little fatigued because Craig Council made the comments about, you know, we talked to Freddie. We thought it was in the best decision for the team and Freddie that, uh, you know, he was done for the day. He was feeling some fatigue. They talked to Freddie Peralta and he goes, yeah, I was kind of tired, but I didn't want to come out. I still could have pitched. Yeah, that's what he said. I love the fact that now they are blaming this on a flight from L.A. back to Milwaukee. Hey, by the way, he didn't even play in that series, but they're saying he's fatigued from the flight. He Did didn't it, pitch in that series. You know, the old joke is like, oh, I just flew in. I'm so tired. It's like, what, are your arms tired too? What did Fre- Freddie Pro? Okay, I've flown, I've flown a bunch of my life. Every time I fly... You know what the thing is that I don't say when I get off the flight? Man, are my arms tired. He, that was the he reason. He didn't even play in the series. He was tired from the flight? His arms were tired from the Guess flight. Guess what, Ebo? I woke up this morning he, and had to go to work. I was tired. Yeah, I'm so sweepy. It was a Monday morning. I think I drank like 200 bush lights over the weekend, and I couldn't tell you how much liquor, and slept maybe an hour the past two days. I'm also tired, but guess what? We just put on a high and are putting on a high level show that the Wisconsin Broadcast Association is probably going to put in the Hall of Fame. So I took one of those, you know, from one of the Brewers beat writers that had the little you know, so interview tired. with Freddie Peralta and the comments from, you know, Craig Council. I just quoted the tweet and said, This team is a bunch of losers from the top down. Are you kidding me? I'm tired. He's in the he's through six, no hitter. 82 pitches. He hasn't hit the magical 100 yet. Nope. And you say he's fatigued. So tired. Fatigued from a flight, from a series in which he never played in. Could you imagine if he did play in that series? No. Why is Yelich out there playing then? He played in all the games. I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt here. Why is Adamus not fatigued? He's playing. He played in every single game and took the same flight. I'm trying to think of why your arm would be tired from flying when you... You just you didn't play. You just flew. Maybe the biscotti uh, cookies didn't. The package couldn't open. Maybe the the peanuts the 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 pretzel bag didn't open well. Like maybe he fatigued his arm trying to open up like the coke that you get. Well, on here's the, the thing. It, it, we're in late August now. Every single game that goes by clearly is less and less games. You are behind the Cardinals. You are behind the Phillies. You are behind the Padres. There's no tomorrow. You need to win the games today. So Freddie Peralta had a no-hitter. Yeah, Apollo Creed, Rowdy, said it in the movie Rocky. There is no tomorrow. You have to win games now. The next thing you know, we're going to wake up in two or three weeks, and and they're still going to be saying, well, you know, we elected for rest. Even though they're still three, four games back, it makes no sense. So do they really want to win? Sunshine and dry weather should make it a great Tuesday around the state of Wisconsin. Glad you're along with us, everybody. I'm Farm Director Pam Yankee. Yes, sunshine today, 78 are expected high. Talking about weather and its influence on the markets, John Heinberg, Market Advisor with Total Farm Marketing, is our special guest this morning. And we're catching up with an agriculture educator in the Holman School District that really is keeping an emphasis on serving the community with her students this year. Charity Seebecker's got the details. Today is the 30th day of August. Some kind of cool historical 
perspectives from Wisconsin's standpoint. On this day back in 1862, the Civil War was going on, and Wisconsin infantry regiments that had fought in the Second Battle of Bull Run found themselves in Washington, D.C. The regiments arrived in Washington, D.C. and rested on the White House lawn. According to one of the historians, they said President Lincoln came out with a pail of water and a dipper and moved among the men, giving them a drink of water for the tired and thirsty Wisconsin soldiers on this day back in 1862. Uh, Let's see. On this day in 1967, the first African-American justice is appointed to the Supreme Court. That was, of course, Thurgood Marshall. On this day in 1963, the telephone hotline between Washington, D.C. and Moscow was established. wonder how many times that's been used since. And you know what? This guy has been around to see it all, or almost all of it. Today is the birthday for the Orb of Omaha, Warren Buffett. Happy birthday to him. Also, happy birthday to actress Cameron Diaz. She's 49 years young, and now you know. Well, the school bell has rung for many students across the state of Wisconsin, and I'll tell you what, in the Holman School District, one agriculture educator keeps the focus not just on curriculum in the classroom, but service to the community. Charity Seebecker's got more. Farm to School connects communities to our nation's farmers and ranchers through field trips to farms, taste tests of local and seasonal crops, local food purchasing, and hands-on agricultural education. School districts value the agricultural education model of rigorous STEM-based classroom and laboratory instruction. From the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Charity Seebecker. Joelle Ladon, agriculture science teacher of the Holman School District, shares more on the hands-on learning opportunities they have available in their farm-to-school program. We at Holman High School Agri-Science Department are getting very excited for the upcoming school year. Um, Currently, the greenhouse is getting cleaned. The six hydroponic systems in the greenhouse are getting cleaned and set up, along with the one hydroponic system in the school cafeteria. Our fish tank just got cleaned by students today, which houses our native fishes of Wisconsin display. And just all the facilities are getting ready for students to come back to have their learning opportunities. So you mentioned you have live animals that are able to come in. But can you talk more about what that is and the opportunities students can have to help raise them and give back to the school and the farm to school program or exhibit them at the fair? We have a great farm to school program. A big evidence of it is in the greenhouse, which strictly raises food for a school lunch program, along with houses, school-based enterprise essays, or work-based programming for supervised agricultural experiences. So that's where people most often see firsthand our farm to school, along with our students have the opportunity to raise animals that maybe they're already raising or they want to take advantage of this learning experience by choosing to raise an animal specifically for the school lunch program. So I have a student who raise beef and pigs and then those animals get processed and then served in the school lunch. So it's really interesting, really cool when my students who maybe been around the ag world or have some connection to production agriculture, they get to be proud of what they're doing and teach their peers about how food gets from the farm to their plate. And then also seeing those faces of those students who didn't know that cattle get processed into their beef, that they just assumed it's 
boxes just came from the grocery store. And that's pretty eye-opening when they see an animal we bring in that's going to be harvested in a couple months to become their meat. And it's really great exposure for those students who aren't connected to the farm-to-school program so that they can see that that's an opportunity for them and know that they can say yes to having that experience. What all do you grow for the farm-to-school program in your greenhouse? Predominantly, we're growing lettuce in our seven hydroponic systems. There's three different systems. Um, we also have a microgreen system and 14, like, pallet size. Think of a pallet that you get like seed corn on, put that on the ground and then make it a raised bed. We have 14 of those in our greenhouse as well. So we're predominantly growing several varieties of lettuce, spinach, cilantro is a big one. We have a high mung population at Coleman and we have one of our lunch lines is oftentimes having cilantro ingredients in it. So it's really cool to be able to provide that for a local culture here. And then herbs are going to be our really big thing this year, trying to include more herbs not only cilantro, like mint and basil and other things that people are cooking with. How is your class enrollment now since you have these exciting opportunities for the hands-on learning? And is there a chance of growth that you see in the future? Our enrollment in the agri-science department is incredible. I can teach about 240, 220 students a year, and I can provide about 12 classes, and there's about double that that signed up for classes. So there's a good couple hundred students who were not able to get into an agri-science class this year due to not having a second ag teacher at this time. That was Joelle Ledon agriculture science teacher for Holman School District. If you are a local business or community member and would like to support what they're doing, they would love to partner with you to help give their students some real connection to the community. You can contact Joelle at 608-526-3372. From the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Charity Seebecker. The Wisconsin Farmers Union Minute today with Rick Adamski, now the Government Relations Director with the Wisconsin Farmers Union, and Rick in that position what are the main issues you're looking at? Well, I take the direction from the membership, and we have a special orders of business. There are five of them. Uh, one is preserving f small and mid-sized family farms. One is promoting dairy policy that's helpful for family farmers, as well as creating a strong meat processing infrastructure in the state, as well as being able to uh, enact climate-friendly policies and have farmers engaged in those policies and then uh, finally confronting the concentration of power in agriculture. And you're hitting the ground running. Oh yeah, I know all about them. I've been in, engaged in promoting those policies and now I'll be working at a different level. Rick Adamski, who is now the Government Relations Director with the Wisconsin Farmers Union on our Farmers Union Minute. As a dairy farmer, you depend on your milk receiver pump. McFinn Technologies of Kenosha introduces the impressive Bowpeller pump. It's quieter, there's lower maintenance, as the seals last much longer than your old milk receiver pump. It offers a more powerful cleaning cycle with higher velocities, and it doesn't degrade the quality of your milk. Ask your dealer for the Bowpeller milk receiver pump, patented by McFinn Technologies, an American company committed to providing a better product for the dairy industry. Get insurance from a company who knows Wisconsin and cares about your community. You may know Rural Mutual Insurance as the number one farm insurer, but did you know they also offer competitive home and auto rates? Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more about products and discounts. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. 
So I became a Farm Bureau member almost 20 years ago to be part of the state's largest egg advocacy group. Plenty of opportunities within Farm Bureau for somebody that's involved in agriculture, whether to grow their leadership or to help be a leader in an industry that we have a great passion for. WFBF.com. They've really helped my leadership develop. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. The good thing you can say about the latest crop progress and condition report in Wisconsin is that pretty much everybody has at least ample soil moisture. That happened because of last week's heavy rains across a good chunk of northern Wisconsin. They picked up in some areas more than two inches of rain. So as of Sunday, according to the Wisconsin Ag Statistical Service, 97% of our corn was already in the silk stage. 75% of the corn had already reached the dough stage. The quality of our crops, 76% called good to excellent. Soybeans, 91% are setting pods. And as far as the leaves and turning colors, about 6% has already progressed that far. 74% of our soybeans called good to excellent. The oats, 82% of that's already harvested. And potatoes, 22% has already been harvested. This morning in Chicago, our markets are definitely lower. December corn currently down 6 at 677. November beans are down 13 at 1424. September wheat's down a nickel at 815. December wheat's down 6 at 836. Barrel cheese yesterday dropped two and a quarter cents to 186. 40 pound black cheese down two and a half at 171 and a half. Double A butter was unchanged. Right now, September milk's down 14 cents at 1975. October milk's down 18 cents at 2023 weight. Coming up next, why is that milk market lower? We're going to focus in on all the commodity news you can handle. Our friend John Heinberg, market advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, joining us live to kick you off on a Tuesday. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. This looks like a car. Has tires, headlights, a hood, windshield wipers. The doors look like car doors. Open like them too. There's a front seat, back seat, steering wheel. 99.9% of the time, this would be a car, but it's not. This is a bedroom. Anita Washington's for five weeks. There are people like Anita all across Dane County. And because the need is there, so are we. This year, we'll provide Anita and other women, children, and men with nearly 20,000 nights of shelter. Just one part of more than $1.4 million in food, clothing, furniture, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul, helping our neighbors in need. Hi, it's Preston from Window World. Summer is here, and with it, the hot air. Don't let other companies add to it. We won't lure you in with buy one, get one, or half off installation. Not Window World, not ever. We offer a no-pressure consultation with straightforward, fair pricing. None of that, if you sign today, or let me call my manager nonsense. Professionally installed at an everyday low price. That squeal you're hearing while you come to a stop, that's your brakes crying for help. 
At Tom's Auto Center, we offer five-star brake repair on all makes and models. Stop by for a brake fluid and brake inspection. If your brakes are talking to you or screaming for help, we'll diagnose it and give you a written estimate. We want you to be able to trust your brakes. Tom's Auto Center. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. From farm to fork and everything in between, we cover it all. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Uh, sunshine on the way today. Probably temperatures in the upper 70s. Definitely a nice way to wrap up the week or the month, I should say. Here we are on a Tuesday. Time to catch up with our friend John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. So, John, I want to go to something kind of related to the commodities, but on a bigger scale. Wall Street yesterday. Boy, right pre-dawn, it hit the skids yesterday. What was going on? Is this just continued tension over inflation and interest rates? Yeah, on Friday we had Chairman Fed Chairman Powell up at the Jackson Hole Symposium make his statement regarding you know the potential policy where the Fed might be, and he was for lack of a better word, fairly blunt about the fact that they're going to stay aggressive and trying to fight inflation and keeping rate hikes in, in, on the table as well as they're still staying data-driven in their decision-making process. And, you know, since we had that Jan- the July print in terms of where the inflation was, the market kind of felt like, you know, hey, maybe we're getting past this. We started seeing some money flow in. Maybe it was just some short covering we c- in, in terms of that equities market. And we put a nice rally in there from, you know, basically June, July into, you know, the first part of August. And we took a lot of that off the table there. I've definitely on Friday losing a thousand points that day, you know, our worst day down to the downside since June. Uh, as this market maybe realized that, you know, hey, we're not quite out of the woods here yet. And uh, just like I said, sent money quickly to the sidelines and we got a little bit more follow through yesterday. Now we are holding a pretty key support level here around 32,000 equity futures are up a couple hundred points so far this morning. But again, you know, it's consolidation and it still looks like we got some more downtrend possibly in front of us here now whenever this happens on wall street we have a tendency to think some of that money might move over to commodities we were kind of mixed yesterday nothing everything looked pretty lethargic yeah, yesterday everything really was at least well, except for the grain markets. They obviously were reacting to the you know pro farmer results, and we saw good strength in that wheat market on yesterday. That really kind of helped break it out of its you know tr- bottoming sideways pattern that's been kind of working in. But overall, the commodity space was kind of choppy yesterday, and, and maybe that was some of the fact that the money was moving from one place to the other. Now we got a little bit of an opposite start so far this morning here in the overnight session with stocks up a couple hundred points, and we're seeing weakness in the grains today. So you know that's one thing I been kind of watching has been the money flow and i think that was some of the reason we've been seeing some weakness in the commodity sector is that money's been moving back into that equity market as it was you know climbing higher and now maybe that's starting to turn back to the commodities favor as you know some recession talk is still out there and realistically when in the recessionary environment you still want to make sure you own the physical goods and that's the commodities you know you talk about recession and uh, inflation and that's one of those conversations that has a tendency to impact things like our proteins what's happening in the livestock complex are we seeing noticeable changes in consumer buying patterns or something that would impact that you know for the most part the consumer has been staying very very strong and domestic demand has been very good in the livestock sector but we are starting to obviously see some movement away from you know the restaurant trade in terms of people eating out and you know picking up cheaper meats things of that nature i think that's some of what's kind of been impacting the livestock market plus just the 
you know, seasonality window here. We're around the Labor Day window. We're starting to move away from grilling demand to that more household domestic demand. And we're starting to see some of the supplies starting to build up. We had a big correction in the hog market here over the last couple of weeks, maybe starting to find some footing here. But we saw retail prices just tumble last week in the hog market. You know, the cattle market's been holding in there fairly well. And that's probably more due to the supplies that's out there, the amount of quality animals coming in. You look at the, the amount of choice and prime animals that are coming through. It's at a multi-year low compared to, you know, not on a percentage basis. So that means there's a more lower quality beef. So the packers are bidding up to get that higher quality beef in to meet the demand side of it. But right now the consumer is still holding strong, but obviously those are concerns that if things do continue to be inflationary and food prices get tighter, some of those higher price cuts such as beef will, will start to get on, come under pressure. That surprises me that we're at a historical low on select and choice. Is that because we're pulling so many cattle off of those uh, droughty areas and sending them to market soon? It's a combination of multiple things. Obviously, the price of the inputs is a big factor. You're not going to feed animals as long when you're feeding pricing the grains of where we are. And that is the other side of it, too. The cash market's been very strong. We've been pulling cattle forward. The lots are pretty current at this time frame. We do have a fairly good supply of cattle right now in this window, and that's some of the reason we saw some weakness in cash last week. Uh, but it, the combination of those factors is keeping these cattle a little bit more trim and, again, kind of impacting that amount of choice and select beef that's out there. Yeah, that would seem to tell me that hamburger might get cheap. Well, the hamburger market's actually been very well supported, at least in terms of supply, because of the cow slaughter, which is still running at a multi-year pace, you know, well above averages. And again, that's the impact of those drought conditions out in the West. We continue to see cattle being called. I still think this cattle market's got a lot of potential longer term as we continue to just kind of get a new picture where this market might be because of the weather conditions and the price of inputs. Where are we sending uh, meat or livestock internationally, John? Export for beef is still standing at a at multi-year highs, running at a record pace above last year's record pace. Our July numbers were very, very strong in terms of beef getting moved out. We'll see the August numbers here in a couple of weeks. But again, that continues to be a major factor underneath there. And then on top of that, because of the cow beef slaughter, the import side of beef coming into the United States has basically been wiped out due to the fact that we have ample supplies of cow beef here and that to fit, in, fit into that ground trade that we like to use in the United States. So again, that's one of those things that's been supportive of this market has been just the flow of cattle overseas and, again, providing some more demand that keeps supporting those prices on the retail level. Huh. John Heinberg along with us, folks. He is uh, one of the farm market advisors with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. I want to remind you, if you'd like to talk to John about risk management or even looking ahead at 2023 feed costs, you can call him at 800 334 9779 or their website, totalfarmmarketing.com. You can email John directly, John H at totalfarmmarketing.com. All right, John, we'll let you go. Have a good Labor Day weekend. We'll catch up with you next Tuesday. Sounds good. Have a great week. Excellent. John Heinberg joining us live this morning for all the market information that you're looking for. And like he said, uh, the cattle complex, still an interesting story to be told. And we'll wait and see how the markets treat one another today as far as commodities and those equity markets. Again, TotalFarmMarketing.com. We'll catch up with you tomorrow morning, same time, same channel.